Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. We're back here on 88.3 WHUTs after further review. Got about 10 minutes exactly in the show. We got David the Man of God Harris here for his final segment. You're going to have to break it up a little bit. So we'll do part one of this college football predictions. What do you got, uh, David? All right. So we'll wait to do the actual um, playoff preview next week. Kind of changing audible here. But just kind of talking about all the craziness in college hold on, football. Hold on, David. Hold on, David. We got to get, you know, we got to get this music up. That CBS. <laughs> CBS College Sports theme. Boy, that's that's your specialty right there, David. Go ahead. So, kind of thinking about, obviously, the big news over the summer is that conferences are trying to join up to one another to figure out how to work together. And so, instead of this one big conference alliance, we're thinking, and we're seeing that the Power Fives are kind of, sort of, aligning themselves into two factions where uh, came out this week that over the next week and a half it will be announced that the Big Ten ACC and Pac-12 will have an alliance with seemingly the SEC after, quote-unquote, taking Texas and Oklahoma forming, and so it seems like it will be a Big 12 SEC alliance and then Big Ten ACC Pac-12. I understand that it's primarily about money, and the SEC is the conglomerate powerhouse of college football, not just in terms of success on the field, but when we're talking about ESPN, the majority of the teams that we're talking about that have the best chances of making a deep playoff run, you know, over the let's just say over the past. Five years, you're throwing in the Alabamas, you're throwing in the LSU, you're throwing in Florida and Georgia, who are always knocking at that door. Especially if we open it up to a top eight or expand the playoffs to six or eight teams, we know that Florida, Georgia, LSU, they will be in there. If you look at, and I guess since. They've already announced that they will probably move in 2025, Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this was the stupidest decision by both of those schools because now you go from being the top dog in a division that is primarily your own. Texas already has the Longhorn Network, so it's not like they need any more revenue. Um, so now you go from being top dogs Primarily in football, basketball, we can throw in baseball for Texas, softball for Oklahoma, to now being middle of the pack in the SEC because we know Texas is going to get washed. Because 
And the reason I say middle of the tier is because they're most likely going to go to the SEC West, which is the heart of the two divisions within the SEC. So you're going to get rickrolled by Alabama every year. We know Baton Rouge is always a tough place to play. We know Auburn gives people trouble. So, I mean, there's three losses right there. And then if you're like Oklahoma where you're having this you know, magical run of college football success, are you really going to have that same ability to score 40, 50, you know, pushing 50 points against these South teams in the SEC? Are you able to have that power offense against a team that is more powerful and, as we've seen in the playoffs, a lot more faster than you? So now, aside from just the on-field disadvantages, now you're opening yourselves up for even more coaching from Texas and Oklahoma of the SEC schools. Because now all your diamonds in the rough are going to be like, hey, Oklahoma's in the SEC. Why am I going to go to the University of Oklahoma to play in the SEC when I can easily go to LSU? Or I can go to Florida or Alabama or Georgia. Like, So you're just opening yourself up for, yes, the ability to have better marketing to be able to be on TV a lot more. But are you really gaining a competitive advantage when now a lot of the players that you had a monopoly on or you had the inside track on are going to watch your games and say, oh, I don't want to go to Oklahoma. That's how they're going to look against, you know, the big, quote-unquote, big dogs. Certainly not going to go to Texas. Like, I like that's not that's not happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go to Texas A and M, who's been a lot more competitive and shows that they can be competitive in the SEC than at Texas right now. But so yeah, just kind of going back to the alliance. Like we we know it's about money. We know it's about revenue. Uh, doesn't make sense. I I guess. But if you have this kind of nationwide alliance, thinking about the, the other three of the power five, who's that mostly going to benefit? We all know Probably the Big Ten. But we, we, we all know that this is being driven by television, ESPN and the SEC. They've been doing this since 92 when the SEC and ESPN, or not ESPN, but really the SEC was the first to have a uh, conference championship game and obviously it was all about the money and then different leagues were just slowly doing trying to get going to that because remember for I think the Big Ten was one of the last to have a, an actual championship game the Big 12 kind of followed after that after especially after they expanded and then the Pac-10 eventually did it so it, it, college football now is, is a money game and I can understand what the alliances the, the, the Texas and was it Texas A&M want to leave? Or no, they're already in the SEC. It's Texas and Oklahoma want to leave because they already know there is some bias towards the SEC. If we want to grow our brand and we want to get a cut in the money, we got to go over to SEC. Now it's giving it where the other teams want to basically um, have an alliance. Because let's think about it. I've seen a poll where the Pac-10's chances of getting in the, the football playoff is like almost like, one percent it's pretty bad 
And, and, and getting left out in the cold is a lot of money on the table. And let's face it, that's why I want the playoff to expand. I, I, I think it'd be more interesting. I think, to me, what would fix college football, and you know I've said this on this show several times, David, is that get rid of the bowl games. Just get rid of the bowl games and go. And you already rank the top 25 teams in the college football playoff already. Just have those teams go. Done. I mean, because it's just getting to the point where it's getting ridiculous, David. You got these teams that have no winning, that have no business being in the bowl game. They got four wins. Even wasn't it even one year they had a shortage of teams. They were trying to get teams that had like three wins to be in a bowl game. Come on, man. You can't be having that. You know, it was it went down first. You had to be bowl eligible. You'd be six and six. You need six wins. Then certain teams because the contracts couldn't get in. Then you were getting teams with five wins. And then one year got almost down to four. That's what's killing college football is is, is just this greed. I just think expand the playoff to twenty five teams. It, it makes the season very important. If you don't get in, you don't get in. Your season's over. That's it. No bowl games. But obviously. Let's face it, one, if you go to a bowl game, you're getting some money. Two, it's a vacation for the staff. Let's be honest, David. You you worked with UT football. When you when you went to the bowl game, there was some business. But let's face it, depending on what bowl game you went to, unless it was the Idaho Potato Bowl, it was basically vacation time. Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, the Boca Raton Bowl, Bahamas right. Bowl. Bahamas Bowl, like, vacation time. I mean, even Boca Raton. I mean, you're going down to Florida. You're having a good time. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's about revenue. I think kind of with this most recent kind of conversation, there's been some working proposal for a 12-team playoff. Surprisingly, um, Davos Swinney was one of the people that rejected it, which, I mean, Sam, if you, if you went into a bigger alliance, you should be the least wanting to do this. Because then you would actually have to play like a big, like you would have to play in Ohio State non-conference or Michigan non-conference or, you know, a U.S. You don't want that smoke. Right. That's like, what it is. That's what it boils the, down to. That's how college football's always been. That's why they want to limit it because they know it, it basically it, it, it's swag. Once you get that swag, you know that you're going to have a, a place at the table. You're not. When is it that the championship is really earned? If you expand the pool, that means you have more chances of you getting knocked off, and teams don't want that. That's just like when teams didn't want to play off in the first place, and they only wanted the polls to vote on who the champion was. That's what it was, because you know every year you're going to be there. Every year you're going to be there, no matter what your record or whatever it is, because you got some type of prestigiousness. But when you have a couple seasons when you're getting knocked off, that means somebody goes and bumps your seat from the table. You don't have the prestigious anymore. And let's face it, when you don't have the prestigiousness and it's gotten a lot worse now with social media, you ain't getting the kids, which then means falls in you losing your job. And you're right. Dabble, Dabble Sweeney is probably the last person that wants to do an alliance because he's, let's face it, he's in the ACC or like we like to call it the ASS because that conference he already knows he has on rap. He wins that conference wins the non-conference games, he's automatically in the playoff. Yeah. Even, and even part of the working group that kind of designed the proposal, Notre Dame, like, where do they fit in? Because now, if you have this alliance, now you're basically telling Notre Dame, hey, you either join an alliance 
or be independent. Like, there is no... But they're being independent because they want the money. Because, Lincoln, like, they're on the Peacock Network or they're on NBC. You know, Toledo's playing Notre Dame. Now it's going to be on the Peacock Network. For years it was on NBC Network and they got all that cash by themselves. They don't want to share the money. That's what it is. They don't want to share the money. If you get in the league, you know that your revenue, you know Notre Dame, they have, the tradition's kind of lessening. But with older people or when I was in high school or in grade school, Notre Dame was the school. Everybody, besides a few a few individuals, liked Notre Dame for, for some odd reason. Now that, that, that prestigiousness is kind of worn off a little bit, especially when you get spanked in a couple of nationally televised championship games or, or playoff games and kind of lessens a little bit. But still, the alumni support Notre Dame to the fullest. You know you'll pack the stadium, and they don't want to share any of that money. And once again, if you join the alliance, guess what? That means more teams are going to have the opportunity to knock you off, and that's why teams are afraid of. I know I can already know I can control this narrative. I know I can get this money, and I know that these are the teams that we're going to be playing, and I know that I can structure my team to beat them. When you start to open it up and let more variables come in, if we lose a little bit of this prestigiousness, we start to lose that money. That's what it comes down to. And money runs college football, but, I mean, it's like I know um, Notre Dame has NBC on lockdown. I mean, SEC has ESPN, but then they still throw Vanderbilt on there every now and then. You know? <laughs> so, well, we got to throw somebody a bone. You can't leave them out. <laughs> Well, and they'll I mean, tell you they'll tell you it's an academic school, so that's the pass they get. And every once in a while, Vanderbilt gets an upset. I mean, let's face it, somebody's got to be last in the conference. Everybody can't be a winner. Well, I mean, if you're in the SEC, you're winning regardless of the academics, and you know, they'll just lie about it. And you know, they'll kind of two or three years down the road, we'll have a conversation. Oh, you know, there this guy was academic and eligible, and and they'll be like, yeah, just pay it off with the endorsement deal. It's fine. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. So once again, and then also they get the benefit of the doubt because everyone thinks that the SEC is the best conference. Well, they just play in a, in a really great conference. That's why they're bad. If they played in any other conference, they'd probably clean up. Well, that's true, too. But at the end of the day, if, if that's the case, why not just leave the SEC and, and go build your own legacy? Or are you that thirsty to just to stay with the SEC because you know it's a prominent uh, conference and let's face it, it gets a lot of television money in that conference with that ESPN deal. Yeah, hey, money, money talks at the end of the day, and it seems like whoever has the most money is going to determine the state of college football for the next um, until at least the next big contract when they renegotiate. But. Yeah, that's true. But we got to get going here, David. Thanks so much for the good content. We'll go into part two with your college football playoff prediction. It'll be interesting. So we'll hold off to that till next week. How you got? What you got going on this weekend? Uh, you know, world football or football as they call it mm-hmm. on the two more preseason action. Um, yeah, like the life continues as we get ever closer and closer to the start of college football and. The NFL season. Mm-hmm. We can keep posting all those predictions for you, uh, David. But once again, thanks so much for the great content. All right. See you. See you next week. All right, man. That was David, the man of God. Harris there on the phone lines. Hopefully Frank will be back. He's at a golf outing out there with the Bedford uh, basketball team. Like I said, 
Him and Chris Schultz knocking it out of the park. They got about 80 listens on their actual podcast uh, doing a preview of Southeastern Michigan football. Like I said, you can always listen to us on live on 88.3 WQT. It's from 1130 to 1.30 approximately if we're in the studio, if we're not busy. Um, and then if not, if you miss the shows, sometimes we'll have them recorded for you. Radio Boss is back up, so we'll we'll have the recordings for you up on, on here so we'd be you know consistent with you. But if you miss the shows, like I said, always go over to WXUT's After Further Review with the picture of Frank Bashner and the horse's head. And uh, you can check out the segments from there. And that's going to be on Apple devices. We do link it up to Apple. And we have it on uh, SoundCloud. Make sure you guys subscribe so you can get the the links or the information of when the shows are showing up on there. And, uh, you know, you can have a good time listening to us while you're in the car or jogging outside or whatever you do on the bike or working out. Anyway, for Frank and David, I'm Derek Lawson. I'll see you when I see you. This has been a live presentation at 88.3 WXUT's. After further review, peace. I'm out. We'll see you when we see you.